You're listening to Dramas Over Flowers. This is an episode of The Long Yak with Saya, Anissa and Parma. Hi, I'm Parma. In this Long Yak, we dive into some recently completed dramas that we loved and a few rewatches that pull us into lengthy discussions on the caliber of roles offered to certain actors. Also, near the end, Saya and Anissa almost come to blows over a riddle. No, they don't. <laughs> But can you imagine? <laughs> they probably would have if they weren't Sayana Nisa. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Patrons, please remember to check our page. We are now uploading two mini episodes every month that's only available on Patreon. These aren't always about drama. Sometimes we just talk about books or how to romanize Korean names in English or some piece of news that didn't make it into our monthly WhatsApp and Drama Land episode. They pretty much never edited so about 30% of the length is just us laughing to ourselves about a joke we forgot to explain. Enjoy. <laughs> As always, thank you for being our patron. You can find our Patreon page at patreon.com/dramasoverflowers if you want to check out what I am talking about. And thank you to all our listeners for keeping us gabbing on the internet. We would not be so close to our 100th episode without you. And now, on to the yak. Hi everyone. This is Saya. This is Anissa. And this is Parma. Welcome to another long yak. Yay! Yay. How's everyone doing? <laughs> It's been a few minutes. So I got some water. <laughs> we recorded a very long below the line. <laughs> yes, we did. So let's go get into the first drama then. So the first drama which is... I have not watched. <laughs> Oh, you two have watched. So the first drama is uh, Oh Master, aka Oh My Lady Lord. I still don't know why it's <laughs> called Oh My Lady Lord. It just it doesn't make any sense to me. What is that? <laughs> like, yeah. what even is a lady lord? Like, does it make any sense in the context of the story yeah. at some point? Because I- whereas Oh Master does, yeah, because right? the main character is called Ojuin. Uh, and that's the character played by Nana, and of course this is Imingi playing the the uh, male lead in in this show. How much have you watched Borma? Borma deceived me, by the way, guys. She <laughs> she had this listed as completed. <laughs> I thought I thought it was supposed to be dramas that are finished airing. I didn't know what completed meant. <laughs> yeah, in fairness, that was ambiguous for like four years. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, we had to read your mind, Saya, and I guess I read it correctly, and Forum I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have been I've been messing it up <laughs> for so long. I don't know how we survived. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think actually that's it's oh, interesting. The reason it hasn't come up before is probably because, like, you tend to fill in your list just as we're about to record. So maybe yeah. that's why. <laughs> That's and why, this that's is why. maybe one of the few times that you've actually filled in before I've gotten to the the document because I'm always usually I'm the one who makes the document and and puts all the stuff down. So lesson for me not to be preemptive. <laughs> I should stick to my eleventh hour. Film. I was so impressed that like everyone had already filled it in and I was a little ashamed that I hadn't. So. <laughs> It's all good. All good in the hood. So I've been hearing bad things oh, about no. this drama. So I want to hear what y'all thought I've of it. I've been hearing sad things about well, How much have drama. you watched, P? 
I just watched the first episode, oh, which I found pretty. <laughs> yeah, that's all. I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm with like relatively newer dramas. I'm being very. Uh, what do you call it? Um, you know, like the person who kind of changes her mind really frequently. Fickle, <laughs> fickle. Right. I'm being super fickle. Whereas I, I've been going back to older dramas a lot, mm. and it's, it's. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Sorry, just one ep then. Oh, okay. So I've actually watched it up to I think it's episode ten. I actually was really enjoying it, and I have heard the the rumblings of dissatisfaction from various quarters, and it's a really light watch for me. I'm not watching it deeply, and I'm not sort of, you know, because I've come off stuff like Beyond Evil and Sisyphus, and, mm, you know, both yeah. of those shows are really intensive in terms of, like, note-taking and paying attention, and Beyond Evil because it's so good that I have to just write everything down because one day I will write a review, maybe you'll see it in 2024. Um, and Sisyphus <laughs> because, you know, we were reviewing that on, on a weekly basis and because it's yeah there was just there was a lot going on in those shows and so it was just really a relief to be able to watch a show with my brain half switched off and just to let the thing play (laughs) um and I found it it was a little sort of old school in terms of it not being very overly complex and it had, you know, that whole um, cohabitation contract thing, which was just so ridiculous. I was like, why? <laughs> You're really stretching for this. So, like, the title um, is like a play on the on Nana's character's name. Her, her character's name is Oh Juin. Juin, the literal meaning of Juin is owner or master. So there's this clause in the contract that she presents to Yi, who, oh, by the way, so let's start at the beginning. So she's a top actress <laughs> and he's a top scriptwriter. And they have this quite antagonistic relationship to begin with, where she's been trying to be in his dramas for years and he's been turning her down. But then the the fortunes are kind of reversed. So she's like risen to the top and he's sort of been dragged down by scandal and all sorts of things. So he needs her um, to regain his status um because like his the drama that he's writing the uh is it the agent no the channel the t- the people who put dramas on air they're like we'll only make your drama if you can get Oju into star in it and so he's in this and he's this sort of like very snooty, um, haughty kind of, I will not stoop to doing such a thing. Oh, he's so great. He's so fun. <laughs> I think he's great at that. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> and he's like, I'm too good for this. And then it's like, it's a slow erosion of his haughtiness. And actually he, even though he's haughty, he's and like, this is the mark of, of, a, of a good human being, right? Is that they're really good to their mothers. And he's, not only is he wonderful with his own mother, he is also really, really good with Juin's mum. And her mum has like Alzheimer's or dementia or something. And so like she's, he's, he often finds her in these really vulnerable moments where she like, either she needs help or her mum needs help. And he turns out to, you know, be the um, snooty writer with a heart of gold. So like they see the, like, 
she sees his secret good side, which nobody except his mum knows exists. And of course, he has hidden pain. And so then they have that whole, you know, it, it's quite a, an ordinary drama premise in that sense. Oh, and the ridiculous contract is, so basically, his mum sells his house to June. And that house is the place where she grew up. So she's desperate to buy it back. And but it turns out that that house is the only place that his genius flows. So he can only write <laughs> if he's there. He can't write anywhere else and he's tried. So he needs to live there. So in a roundabout way, he begs, doesn't beg, but insists that he has to stay in her house. So, so uh, there, this is where the contract comes in. And the clause of the contract is, you have to address me as Juinim. You know, like... <laughs> Master. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except they don't ever go back to this. Like it's in the it's the clause, but he never really is forced to call her Junim at any point. Except like two or three times, really jokingly, six episodes later. Um, so that's Aww. that's the rom the romance. <laughs> that's a lost opportunity. It really is because like the whole point was that it sets up this you know owner um, slave dynamic, right? But in a fun way that sort of plays with all the the supposed power imbalances or non non imbalances and it doesn't but it's still fun i can say it's breezy it's a really easy watch but then or not then but from the beginning this like weird mystical thing happens where <laughs> i told denise this before we started recording but i think i should share it with borma too because you've seen this part i think so it's like pretty early on. I think it's in episode one. <laughs> and this is all caps. My notes say, I, like, I was I was so like shook that I had, I was moved to write this note to myself. All caps. Are you joking? You TOD'd Byungi again? <laughs> so, so, so that happens. And that introduces this kind of mystical element of like, he should have died. So why is he alive? And... Yeah, But you forget about that for like those six, seven episodes. And then suddenly he's like revisited by... Mysterious figure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the the dude in the white suit who's like, yeah. you're on borrowed time. You're going to die soon. And then, so that's the, the stakes. And I'm guessing that's the thing that people don't like about how this works out later. I haven't seen how it goes down yet, but I'm sure mm -hmm. it's all about to get very bad. <laughs> but don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Love will find a way. <laughs> I don't know how it ends. I mean, on a completely shallow note, Nana is so gorgeous. I did not realize how beautiful. Like, I've never seen her before in a drama, but she's so beautiful. Like, I'm just staring at her the entire time she's on screen, which is shallow, but. She like, is extremely beautiful. Mm. Haven't seen Into the Ring? No. Into the Ring is a perfect rom com. It's amazing. I've been planning to watch it for months. So. <laughs> It's actually so up your alley. I'm, I'm really surprised you haven't watched it. I just kind of assumed you had watched it <laughs> just because it's so your genre. Well, to be fair, I have been watching it for months. Like, this is a drama that me and my sister, like, I started it. I watched four episodes. I fell off the train. I started watching Stranger 2. And then, like, around the time we did our year-end yak last year, everyone was raving about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is really good. And then I tried to finish it before we did our year-end stuff, and I just couldn't get... I just didn't have enough time. I got mm -hmm. to like episode nine, but it, it got me like back into it. And then my sister was like, I'm watching because I told my sister, like, this is, has that weird sense of humor that mm -hmm. we both share and you'll really enjoy it. 
we were like watching it together. So we had to wait for each other to be free. But she's had like exams and stuff. So <laughs> yeah, exams. How inconvenient. <laughs> yeah, those stupid things that, you know, crop up in your life, taking your time away from more important things. But I highly recommend Into the Ring. And not as great. One, one thing I want to add before we move on from this drama is Kang Minyuk, he's, uh, he hasn't been in a drama for ages. That's the little cutie from CN Blue, who is just this overgrown, broad-shouldered man. <laughs> Why did that happen? <laughs> but he's like, he's so... I can I really picture him. He's so sweet. He was in, um, you guys didn't watch it, um, Hospital Ship. He was the actual... I watched oh, it. Oh, did you? Or other, I'm four episodes in. I'm really liking it. <laughs> I really it. like that show. <laughs> Do you remember when we talked about it? Like many... Oh, I think we did a... I think, I think the last thing I saw him in was... Uh... Entertainer. Did you watch that? He was in that too. No, wasn't he in Heartstrings? Yeah, that was that was. I think that, that was, was the when last he was time the I saw skinny, him. rangy little. That's how I remember him. Who, That's why I can't imagine him being Pakshine all like. Onni. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She, he called everybody Onni. He was apparently the youngest kid, and he had like torn clothes and messy hair. And then whenever whenever he would go for band performances, yeah, he would just completely change into the shiny little boy. <laughs> I still have the song he sang for that OST on my oh, on my playlist was... because I love all the music from that drama. Like the drama itself wasn't very good, but the music was amazing. Mm. Yeah. So he grew up. He's he's a big burly man now. Still I has a wonderful that. voice. <laughs> He sings in um, Entertainer. That whole show is a complete waste, but his his song is good. Now we can move on. <laughs> okay. So the next thing on our list is Vincenzo, which um, I just finished watching last night. And Barama, you finished watching it as when it soon finished as airing, it right? Ended, of yeah. course, Anissa. I can't believe you're restrained. <laughs> No, well, I mean, we were watching it as it aired, but I just don't have enough time for TV during Ramadan, and I also feel bad giving it that much time in Ramadan, and this was like, every episode is an hour mm-hmm. and a half, right? So we, by that time, the last 10 days rolled around, I just was like, we'll finish this mm-hmm. after. And then Eid was busy, and then my sister graduated from university, so we've just been like running around, so we finally had a chat. But I was like, the yak is coming, we have to finish this. <laughs> So, um, so how do you feel? So your thoughts on the ending? Parma, you go first. I think it was perfect. Uh, if he uh, can we, we can we go full Are on you, spoiler? Can I take my headphones off? I've just started watching it again. <laughs> yes. So major spoilers for the ending. Super super warned. major spoilers. Skip ahead or keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> I I think it would have been a really bad choice if he had somehow figured out a way to stay in Korea after everything he did whereas this where he's basically bought himself an uh, uh, island and created his own I don't know cabal (laughs) his own kingdom of Vincenzo uh quote-unquote justice yeah 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 so and and Chayang gets to go visit him anytime she wants I mean it's not uh perfect fairy tale happy ending but I think this is the only ending that made sense we were all expecting them to either Vincenzo to die or I don't know some kind of because the thing I've noticed in dramas and in like Bollywood movies even in western movies if you have a really negative character especially a a character who's like done real bad things killed people even if it is for vengeance they end up dying or having some kind of miserable thing happen to them yeah Whereas Vincenzo's just like, 
he's scot free and he got I all love, the money. <laughs> yeah, I love because he's an anti-hero. So I thought either he would die or he would have to redeem himself or redeem himself by dying, you know, for sacrifice yeah. himself. But they don't redeem him. He's still a villain at the end. He doesn't claim to be good. And that ending monologue is so good because it totally tackles that issue that we always have with vigilante dramas. Like, you can't gain justice in the system, but, like, what are you going to do if you decide that you're going to be a vigilante and, like, kill people for justice outside the system? And, like, what does that make you? And who do you end up being? I mean, it was great. It was perfect. Yeah, he just accepted that he was never going to live in the law. He was never going to live in society that way. Like, he gave it a thought. You could clearly see, like, when he spoke to the monks, he Mm. gave it a thought. And then he was like, yeah, that's not me. (laughs) I'm never living that law-abiding life, realistically. So let's just accept that this is who I am and this is where I find peace. Like, I'm always going to be trying to... You know, do my own form of justice. And he, it, I, what I actually liked about the monologue best was that he acknowledges that he is a criminal in that he does harm to society as well. He's not a good guy. Yeah. He says he's not a good guy. He doesn't, he doesn't care about justice unless his own code is violated, which is when he, dis- he will always step in. And I was like, okay, fine. I can live with this. I can live with this form of vigilante who's not pretending to be pure. So right. he's not a hypocrite. He's always said it's it takes a devil to take out another devil. And he's like, yeah, I'm still the devil. Or maybe I'm slightly above the devil, but like I'm not pretending to be someone that I'm not. And I'm willing to accept what I can't have because of that. And the drama right. doesn't necessarily reward him. It rewards him, but he doesn't get rewarded in the way a traditional hero would get rewarded. Exactly. And yeah. it's the drama had always um, prioritized Vincenzo's arc and Chayong's arc individually and as a partner, as a team, they it hadn't prioritized the romance that much. So it didn't hurt when they didn't end up together in the traditional way. We always knew that this was an impossible pairing. They always knew it was an impossible pairing. But it happened in a gentle enough manner that I just thought, this, this felt like a happy ending to me. <laughs> Yeah, and also, like, they're so non-traditional. It's not like they their dream was to get married and have, like, 10 yeah. kids anyway. So the fact that he's like, I'll even love like a villain does tenaciously, and she's going to, like, go off and have, like, flings with him every <laughs> once in a while on his private island. Like, you know they're both fine with that. They're, like, good to have their own individual lives, you know, and keep doing their thing. So, yeah, it was perfect. I loved it. Uh, I was really sad about the the brother. Yeah, I know. Good Lord. I mean, I... I was expecting it because he I was, was expecting it too. He was being too sweet and too soft, and he was. Yeah. So Kwang Dong Yeon, I love this guy. By the way, I've loved him since I saw him in Gangnam Beauty. I've just, I've, I've spoken about him before. And He's initially, great. I just thought he was just gonna play this, you know, the this kind of secondary character who's just a coward and a snivelly secondary villain. But then he emerges into what he's capable of, which I admire the director for noticing that he's capable of it and letting him do it, which he just does that. You remember that first moment when he realizes that his brother can be defeated by Vincenzo? The delight on his face, the way it spreads, and he immediately decides that he's going to switch sides. And then he tenaciously, like, woos Vincenzo. Like he- I loved that whole thing so much. And then also, like, in that scene where, like, he's, like, about to sacrifice himself and... 
Vincenzo's just like taking care of Chai. And I'm like, what about him? He's the one that's going to get killed. I no. felt so bad because Chai just barely got a graze on her she shoulder, like, man. I was like, she's going to be fine. Like the bullet didn't even go anywhere that important. Save the boy who calls you young and like idolizes you. Yeah, that was, I was kind of mad about that. That was the only thing I was mad about. The, the moment he was like, can I call you young? I knew this boy was going to die. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I mean, there, there's that conversation where Vincenzo says, He's going to be after you first, so leap. Just, like, run away and yeah. just be, disappear for a while. And he's like, no, I'm not going to. And then I was like, oh, he's going to die. Like, yeah. I knew. Yeah. But it was still really sad. And you're right. Like, he, when he was cast, like, when I saw him as this character, I was like, oh, he's going to play a significant role. Because you don't just cast Kwok Dong-yeon to be, like, a just, like, a fool. Yeah. And, like, a comic relief. So they did a really good job with his character. Yeah. I'm sad that the director... And the music um, director didn't get awards because they deserved them. Like the music and the directing. Uh, the entire sound design of this drama is like a character in itself. The, I mean, the we have spoken about this before. The use of orchestra here is just... Everything about the sound is just oh, perfect. Perfect. It works for drama. It works for humor. Yeah, I feel like we've said everything about why we love this show so much already. Yeah, yeah we have. I just had, uh, there's just one thing that I didn't mention last time and I kind of wanted to, uh, especially towards the end where the villains were very clearly in a losing trajectory. Uh, what's his name again? Han, Han Seok, which is Junu, the main villain. He had this almost respectful relationship with uh, Chae myung the the female, the prosecutor turned um, advocate. And like she had decided to dedicate herself to him and she would go down with him. And that was like, and he respected her loyalty. Like he trusted her above everyone else. It's And that trust remained even though the, she failed repeatedly. So while he's, he is a psychopath, there's no doubt about that. I actually really liked this, this young guy, who has this, um, you know, like a respectful kind of partnership with this older prosecutor. And yeah, they're both evil. They're awful people. But I just really like this juxtaposition of this middle-aged woman and this really young man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a really smartly written character in that sense because like many um, extremely manipulative people, he has a like a laser sharp sense of when he can trust somebody and whether somebody's lying to him. Mm. So like he could tell as soon as the Wusang, what's his name? The the original director of Wusang Law Firm yeah. kind of turned on him and joined up with his younger brother. He could tell as soon as his younger brother started having doubts, he could tell that Myungi was still totally 100%. Like he has that sense, right? Like that's like what bullies have too. They can find people's weaknesses and pinpoint them and just like hit them right there. And yeah. that's what he's always been. So I think that was a really smart writing choice. And I also want to get... Actually, one thing that I want to give a shout out to is the actress who plays Chae Myung-hee. Mm, Kim Yo-jin. Yeah. This is such a different role from the usual comic relief supporting character mother-sister-aunt role that she usually plays. And she yeah. was so hateful. <laughs> she was so funny. She was so good. Like, uh, she was really, really good in this. Agreed. Yeah. She was a gem. I, I it, there was a point where I was like, "Aren't you supposed to be an ace uh, advocate? You're not winning anything. Like you, the only way you win cases is by killing people. That is her method, yes. But she only seemed like a 
like a blunt instrument next to Vincenzo, who was all about the scalpel method. But mm-hmm. she, her method actually makes sense in how, I suppose, real world awful people function. It, they don't actually think of brilliant plans to undermine the system. The system is actually pretty easy to manipulate. And she was used to manipulating the system like this. But yeah. next to Vincenzo, she seemed clumsy. Yeah, like the other lawyer, he was like, this is like, this is like an old school method. Like, you don't always have to use the biggest stick. And she's like, it's always worked for me before. And you're like, well, yeah, that actually has <laughs> always worked for her before. So why wouldn't she use that? It's like the most direct method. I have just one final thing. And then we're going to get out of this because we have talked about Vincenzo extensively. The way they died. Um, I mean, yeah, uh, Hans Jörg's death was gruesome, but... Shimon Yi especially. No, wait, hold on. No, the Wusang CEO actually probably had the most dramatic, like brutus d- death, like Caesar, on the steps of the courthouse. But, Killed uh, by his former ally. Yeah. yeah. That and my God, the blood pouring out is, is super dramatic. But Shimon Yi, really, I mean, that entire scene where she is so much in pain. She's sitting in the chair and she still doesn't think that he can kill her. And so he, she's mocking him. And then he starts walking away and she finally realizes, I am going to die. And then she just switches into this begging, sniveling persona you have not seen in, in her yet. I just thought that entire system was just, that, that entire set was just, that was actually more impactful to me than when Hans Jörg died. Um, for some mm. reason. <laughs> I think they were both well done. Like, they are very gory. Like, my dad was sitting with us. Like, he had already finished it, but he was sitting with us while we watched the last episode. And he was like, this part is too gory. I don't like it. And, like, I wouldn't normally watch something this violent, I guess. Like, it's not my normal uh, sort of genre that I enjoy. And I don't really enjoy seeing, like, people getting tortured on screen. But... I got to give them credit for like being consistent with Vincenzo's character. And like he like he said, I always keep my word. And he said he was going to do this and he said he was going to kill them painfully. And it's very appropriate to each of them, like what they did while they were alive. And it's like it shows exactly what kind of people they are, because, yeah, at the end, when they're about to die and they've lost all their power and their influence and their certainty and their you know upper hand, they're like, oh, please save my life. And they're just like begging yeah, and I love that th- he predicted this. He predicted that he was going to strip them of everything. They were literally on the run when he caught them and killed them. And it's also, this is also in Vincenzo's character, that all of their deaths were poetic. It's not like gratuitous gore. It's It, it felt like proper carefully planned out yeah. with a reason yeah it it felt like not balanced enough against everything they had done but it, it felt like justice in the most brutal primitive sense in that you could see how they deserve every bit of that pain and it yeah. didn't feel excessive so yeah and yeah. whereas so much so often these types of revenge dramas end up being like not even revenge but like vigilante type dramas end up sort of walking back the initial impulse of meeting out you know an eye for an eye that the one of the protagonists usually has they're showing like oh that's dangerous you shouldn't do that um you should actually find a better way of finding justice and here they're just like full-on like nope this is what we're doing 
we said we would do this. We're doing it. I mean, so, you know, that was brave. Yeah. Shayong, I was a little skeptical of how Vincenzo and she partnered up immediately after she lost her father in a really tragic manner. So her state of mind was such where if Vincenzo suggested going out and killing a bunch of people, she would be okay with it. And she kind of was. But then it started getting too much for her towards the end. And you could see the strain on her face. Especially there was this one death where Vincenzo hadn't told her that he was going to do it. And then he, the person died. And she was like, she literally had to get up and walk away because it was too much. And this was a really bad person. So my initial skepticism with her character was that how is she ever going to integrate back into society after having done this, after having been an associate in killing so many people and being okay with like just disregarding law, that, that working outside, functioning outside the law, like given her, how, how much her father wanted her to stay within the bounds of law. Like at some point, Vincenzo says that, yeah, your father was really proud of you. He thought that you would be a better lawyer than him. Yes, but we know the principles of her father's life. He wanted his daughter to stay within the bounds of law, use the law for good. But that's not what Chayong chose to do. Chayong chose to go outside the bounds of law, get revenge in the way Vincenzo suggested. And she was okay with it until the very end where she was dealing with it because she just had to get through till, you know, um, Babel could be brought down. After that, she still stayed with uh, Gyunga Plaza and that entire Gyunga family. I can actually see Chayong as someone who's been uh, fundamentally changed as a person from who she was in the beginning. By the end, she was someone who, who sees the world as not how I can manipulate the law to help people like really greedy people get away. But she saw the world as, yeah, there's the law. It's partly functional. Sometimes staying like working outside the law is actually more beneficial to people who really need my help. And that that's it. Like she she's gone through like a major shift, not just because she's lost her father and had a moral enlightenment, but because of everything she went through with Vincenzo. So I just really liked her arc, is, is what I'm trying yeah. to say. No, okay, I agree. I'm, that I'm was done. really well put. That was beautifully said. Oh, and I agree. Thank you. <laughs> the next one. Let's, yeah, let's talk about Hello Me. You finished this, right? Yes, Mama? yes, I have. Anissa, what's happening? Why am I betraying Saya so much? I'm, the two of us are finishing stuff together and I keep not finishing stuff. I promise Saya will be watching. I can't answer that question. <laughs> Stop going back and watching old shows. Ah, <laughs> uh, right, that's, that's a good point. Okay, so Hello Me, this was... Such a great drama. We actually did a pretty intense review of Halomi in the last yak. We did. So, so I think we can just talk about the ending. How did you like the ending? Did you feel like it brought everything together? I really liked the ending. Yeah. Honestly, it's been a couple of weeks since I finished. So my memories of it have grown kind of fuzzy because I was like I was telling you earlier, once I finished watching something, it just turns into feelings and I don't remember <laughs> details anymore. Um, I did write a whole um, review for the show. And I kind of put my detailed feelings in there. But what I loved about it was um, I loved the resolution for all the main characters. I love that. I love that it was about her 
development as a person and her dealing with her own past and her, you know, her present and her future and her family. And, you know, the male lead was there to support her. He had, they had like a nice romance, but it was very much secondary to her own character arc. And like, I loved that the bully storyline, the way it got resolved um, with this, with um, Anthony's character I really loved how they dealt with that. And I don't know if that was something that they changed because oh, they of changed recent it. news stories. They absolutely changed it. <laughs> but I really liked how they m- dealt with that whole thing. Um, I, yeah, I just appreciated everything about the, the, the story. I just really thought it was a great ending. Um, the only thing I was mad about was that like somehow they redeemed her older sister without the older sister like going down on her knees and begging for forgiveness for the way she's been treating her sister all these years. I wanted her to grovel, but other than that, I was perfectly happy with it. What about you? I was really happy, um, especially with the final scene where the the two of them kind of walk through this tunnel, like hand in hand, singing that that whole thing. I I was was sobbing. That was so perfect. That was thank you. See, I forgot that detail. (laughs) It was perfect. I I just Uh, thought that was such a such a wonderful goodbye because yes you're saying goodbye to yourself what a fantastical thing but also that sounds so you know metaphorical I'm saying goodbye to my younger self this is not just her younger self this is another Banhani a a younger Banhani yes but like another whole person who became her friend her daughter her sister like to the older Banhani I mean I mean you're saying goodbye to your family, basically. Someone, I, I, they just spent three months. There is something with 49 days and 100 days in Korean dramas. They spent, I think, three months together, right? Like 100 days. And I just, I felt like, my God, you're you're just tearing apart a family here. They'd become a unit. And the, and the older um, honey, which is Che Kang, he had gone through so much in these three months. So yeah, that was a really, really painful goodbye. But after a while, because I'm cynical like that, my first thought was, well, this is a time travel drama. You had younger Banhani go back and she didn't lose her memory. She remembered everything about older Hani. But then would she still be going through the same things that she went through that created the older Hani? I mean, the entire point of sending younger Hani back was that if that didn't happen, then older Hani would vanish. Like her timeline would apparently vanish. But if the younger Hani remembers everything, would she still go through that depressive period that basically ruins her future? She knows how she ends up. She knows how the older Hani felt. I mean, I just feel like things would have vitally changed, but didn't. Mm, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. I never, time travel never makes sense to me. And I never understand. Maybe it was like an alternate timeline that was created with the other new version of, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know how they say that sometimes like it splits up. It never makes any sense. But yeah, I, you're right. That part, I don't know. Like, why would she still have the same life and still be living the same way, you know, if if her younger self went back? And I mean, I guess what worked for me is Young Honey coming into the future timeline was a catalyst for this whole family to work through a bunch of stuff that they had just been kind of living with but not facing, mm-hmm. you know, including the grandma and including the mom and including Honey. Like, so it was a way for them to kind of heal and grow and move on. 
And it was also a way for younger Honey to be given the confidence that like, she knows that something really bad is coming, but she can survive it, you know? Like it won't be, it won't be the end of everything for her, which I guess to me, I just knew in my mind that the the Honey from the past would have a better life. And I was okay with us not necessarily like seeing how that played out in on screen, but just like that knowledge that they gave each other. And like, you know, like they're never going to meet again. So even whether whether it creates an alternate timeline or she disappears or nothing of significance happens that really makes her that different, like they're never going to meet again either way. So. Yeah, true. I have one other thing about the ending that I loved terribly <laughs> which was that Che Gang Hee and um, Kim Young Kwan's romance the really really slow burn romance it, it they kind of ended up at a place where they were just dating like at the very beginning stages of dating it wasn't love it wasn't like some deep thing they just decided that they would start dating which was it was fine yeah it, the romance it, it was, was really great. the main yeah I liked it I, I thought it was perfect for them. Like, they, they, they just decided that they needed to get to know each other. And, yeah, I was like, this is this is good. This is great, actually. Yeah. And, and they both were going through so much other stuff that I liked that they were just dealing with that as, like, friends and supports for each other while they each dealt with their own huge life-changing events. And then at the end, they were like, hey, we got through this. Shall we start on our next journey together? <laughs> You're cute. I like you. Let's go to the park. <laughs> <laughs> I love Old that. Hands. Yeah, exactly. Hi, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Hello Me. And I I have been watching. This is kind of like our segue to older stuff now for the rest of this episode. But I like I watched three episodes of Luca when it was like originally as they were coming out. And then like, I just went back and watched episodes four and five in the last couple of days. Um, And I really like it. It's really good. I don't have a lot to say that I haven't said already. Like I love the um, sort of the aesthetic. I love the chemistry between the leads. I love the adversarial panma, which has become like (laughs) my thing now, like with doom at your service as well. I enjoying that so much. Um, yeah, I don't really know why I paused watching this. I'm really... Sisyphus like, It's a ridiculous premise. That's yeah. what it was. I started Sisyphus and then I got disenchanted with Sisyphus and then I moved on to Vincenzo. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now that I'm done with Vincenzo, I guess, I have the mental space for something this intense. But it's like really thrilling. I love Kim Sung-ho's character and their little group because they're like villains but they're like conflicted because they're kind of being forced into being villains the action is amazing it's like really cinematic the dialogue kills me dead like and these two are so good and Idahi is like tall and dressed down and a badass and she's like doesn't give an f about anything and yeah it's just like two lonely souls finding each other in a broken world like what else do you need I I love it it's reminded me that I also have to go back to it because I, uh, I didn't drop it. I just didn't have time to go back to it for the same reasons. And I only made it to episode two as well at that point. 
Yeah, and like some of the comments that I was seeing were like, why is Ida he's so mean to him and she's so horrible, like the worst female lead. No, but I'm like, I'm fine with her because that makes she's total going sense. through some stuff. Yeah, like she's very traumatized and like she's basically a, like a like a flashing neon sign of like, don't hurt me because she has so much armor built up around her. There's a scene in episode five where she's grieving for someone and like the way she cries and like, it's like the first time you've seen her be really vulnerable. Like th- there's been glimpses of it, but she's so good. Oh, like she's really good in rom-coms too. But this is the first time I've seen her doing something this serious and like weighty. You see, this is why um, everyone the, needs to be dynamic. a detective. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> and the dynamic between her and uh, Kim Rae-won, who is like, quote unquote, a monster, but he really doesn't want to be a monster, but it's the humans that are turning into her like, you're a monster, you should be killed. And he's like, I just want to be human and not kill anybody. Um, and that dynamic as they like slowly grow to trust each other um, is so great. And they're both so tired of life. And I'm, I relate to that so much. <laughs> oh, I so, really yeah, want to go I'm and really watch it again it. right now. <laughs> I love it. That's all I have to say about Luca. What's next? Okay, so next are a few throwback dramas that I decided to watch because I was out of my mind, clearly, <laughs> when there are so many new dramas to watch. Except I did briefly, I haven't put that in the doc, but I, I briefly uh, decided that I wanted to watch a web drama. So I went and watched Scripting Your Destiny, which has like 10 episodes. They're each 25 minutes. Uh, it's a TVN uh, drama. And it feels like a web drama, even though I suppose it's not since it's been produced by TVN. <laughs> the point is that it was fun to watch. Uh, the reason I watched it was because one of the reviews I read online said that it, it has a lot of goblin references. It does have a few goblin references, mostly in the color scheme and in how... Uh, Two of the men in the drama are walking through a tunnel. (laughs) There are those, you know, cinematic glimpses that kind of refer Goblin, but no, not really. I mean, yes, there are these godlike beings, um, I suppose, involved with this mortal human's life. There is that aspect, but not really. Anyway, um, I enjoy it. It's actually really fun to watch. But what I just recently realized, Saya, we were talking about this the other day. I am wrong. You were right. This is a Kim Yun-suk production. This is the one she was involved in. Mm. And well done her. I, I yeah, I liked it. And, but the more important thing is the director. It, it's Kim Byung-soo, who was also the director of Queen Inhance Man. Uh, this guy, the last time he made that something that I actually enjoyed watching was Nine Times Travel, Travel which was just... Yeah, 2013. And this is this doesn't have a great budget. It's a very short drama. So I was really surprised at how lively and fresh it felt. But yeah, I'm just I'm just, welcome back, Kim Byung Soo. Um, I'm just so glad that this PD made this because um he hasn't made anything that I found really worth watching, even though he was also behind his psychometric. But in terms of like the fantasy stuff he's really good at it he has a deft hand um, for it but uh, yeah not not the greatest history of dramas in the last few years now going back to the throwback dramas I'm gonna be quick about this I 
first of all, there is a new Chinese currently airing drama called uh, Put My Talent to Use, I think. The only reason I, I started watching it was because it has Jasper Liu, which is a, who's a Taiwanese uh, actor. Use for My Talent, that's the, that's the name of the drama. And uh, Shen Yu was in it. Shen Yu of uh, A Love So Beautiful and of that Meteor Garden the, the mm. that actress so this is a kind of like a ideal pairing in east asian dramas like both these actors have had meteoric rises in the last few years especially jasper liu because he used to be a model he's suddenly shot up anyway i'm digressing i started watching it because of this pairing but mostly because of jasper liu and jasper liu is just being jasper liu but he's having a lot of fun here this is not a very meaty uh drama and he's done those but I quickly realized that this is an adaptation of Clean with Passion for Now, which is a drama that I had dropped. And um, I forgot why I dropped it. I was like, okay, maybe it was the age difference that... Because there was a considerable age difference between the main uh, lead. But turns out that is not why I dropped the drama. It was uh, just hard to watch because the actress, which is Kim Yoo-jung, um, her character was... There are issues with her character, which I which I realized uh, on my rewatch. However, Jun Kyun Sung was a bit of a revelation. I hadn't really liked him in Doctors that much, but here, as a misophobic CEO of a cleaning company, he's a real pleasure to watch. I basically just uh, blew through the first ten episodes this time purely because his reaction and his comic timing was so great, and. I almost resented Kim Yoo Jung scenes because I didn't like the way her character is written. I really want Kim Yoo Jung to do a character that lets her flex as an actor. She mm. doesn't seem to be getting roles like that. They, they are all about her pretty face. It really focuses on pretty face and her gorgeous smile and... She just needs a different type of role, which I'm sure she'll get yeah. as she matures a little more. Will she though? Because I'm like... I mean, think of the, you know, the Kim trio, Kim Yoo-jung, Kim Soyeon, and what was the other one? Kim Seon, who are often spoken yeah. about together. And Kim Soyeon gets really interesting roles. And, like, she's cons constantly doing new things. And yeah. Kim Seon seems to have sort of got this, uh, a trajectory of sort of slowly working herself up like building herself up with smaller interesting roles mm -hmm, and yeah. uh, allowing herself the room to not be the main character all the time. They're all beautiful, but I feel like Kim Yoo-jung has this kind of, she's been pigeonholed into this, the nation's little sister type of beauty and and aura that I see when she gets on like variety shows, like the way they treat her and the way they talk about her. That also makes me wonder when she's going to get these more interesting roles because, like, it's just so much about how she looks. And I feel like I wonder, and I, I haven't seen a lot of her stuff, so I don't know what kind of stuff she's done, like, as a whole. But I know that Kim Soyeon has done some, like, meatier things, like more sagaks and more, like, melodramas. And I wonder if that has changed people's perception of her as being, like, an actress who can handle heavier roles, whereas maybe Kim Yoo Jung is like known for her beauty and her not her cuteness, but like I don't know, I don't know exactly what I'm trying I to say. I would also like that makes me think that 
about how Kim Yoo-jung actually always has romantic chemistry with whoever she's with, like always. Whereas Kim mm-hmm. Soyeon doesn't quite have that. And maybe they're just playing to their strengths then. Or the people Perhaps. who are helping them make their decisions are recognizing And you them. never know, like, what part of it is their mm-hmm. own decision, what part of it is their agency's decision, what part of it is the kind of roles mm-hmm. that they get. Yeah. And all of that kind of reinforces each other yeah. in certain ways. True. I just had the thought that Kim Yoo Jung. Um, okay, so Kim Yoo Jung's role here in Clean with Passion for Now is a lot like her role in uh, Moonlight, in that she's subservient to a guy, she works for him literally, and then there mm. is that class difference. Can she? Can she not? It's not really her position to be with a man like him. And then she makes herself unhappy by rejecting him, and it's like actually really similar trajectory. And these are the only two roles I've seen her in. I I mean, I, I kind of started watching Backstreet Rookie, but mm. I didn't want to watch any more of it. So I don't know her actual range. Whereas, I liked her a lot in Angry Mom, too. Oh, she was mm. an Angry Mom. You're right. She was the kid. Yeah. yeah. She didn't have as much t- like screen time. I mean, that wasn't her show. That was... Oh. Alice... Um, yeah, I mean, I know who it is. Yeah, I can see her face in my mind. What? The? I just can't remember. I just can't remember her name right now. Our, our listeners are screaming it at us. One of you from isn't she the doctor from Healer from Faith too? I, I just yeah. said that. <laughs> she, she's the you one good doctor. So I was thinking of the drama. I said, didn't I say great doctor? I thought I said. Yeah, I hundred percent know her name. I just cannot remember it right now. Hold on. I said also. I also said Wata. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> That's because um, you haven't watched Faith. Kimmy Sun. My brain can only contain a certain amount of actor at names any at a time, time. Right? and so when the new ones come in, some of the old Get ones just out like until uh, they're relevant uh, yeah, again. They just, like bleed out of my ears and leave me. So. That, that is correct. Yeah. Sorry for that image. Well, then back to the back to um clean with passion for now I like listening to you reminded me why I dropped it as well and I dropped it quite early on because I had been enjoying it but it was also like Kim Yoo Jung's character kept being put into these really these positions where I felt like the show treated her really in a predatory way and I hated that like it it wasn't just once it kept on doing it and that was just, it felt kind of gross to me. And I just, I was like, you know, I don't have to make myself watch this. So I won't. And then I stopped. <laughs> yeah. Does it carry I, on that way? It sounds like from what you said, it sounds like it sort of carries on that way. It's, so I kind of understand what you mean without being able to explain it very well. I also felt like the show had a predatory gaze. It's not anything obvious. It's not objectifying the way people understand objectifying. It's certain angle of capturing her this was definitely and also the more situations the, they put her in yeah absolutely uh, it's and the way she reacted yes. to the ways that you know men treated her and it was just i felt very her uncomfortable reaction was always just backing off there's a point where uh, a character uh tells her that i liked you like this is a female older female character so she tells her that i liked you because i thought you were sassy and always spoke your mind and 
Kim Jong who's actually in a very uh, difficult position in respect to that woman right there was like no I I've always been very polite and I never speak my mind <laughs> and I'm like uh, <laughs> well actually she's right but also <laughs> anyway it's uh, you you have to watch the drama to know why it's so difficult to l- like how this character is being portrayed but also i wouldn't ask you to watch it for kim yujang if you want to watch it watch it for uh, yun kyun sung who displayed amazing comic timing here i did not expect this actor to turn out i know he's had like since doctor came out doctors came out i think um there's been quite a fan following for him and then he took a break and he came back again wasn't it from pinocchio that people have been sort of his fan possibly from pinocchio that's that's where i i actually really liked him and then he did doctors and i didn't like him <laughs> <laughs> he did that really good uh show um the school one uh that's cool one the Oh, class of yeah, lies. Yeah, class of lies. That's the one. Oh, <laughs> that was yeah, good. Yeah, I gave that one. And he did miss. that police one as well, which was okay. It wasn't great. <laughs> that didn't do very well. That kind of bombed. Yeah, it wasn't that good, but it was it was watchable. But 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 my point is that Clean with Passion for now is worth watching for him, and he never gets predatory towards Kim Joo Young. Like his character doesn't get predatory towards Kim Joo Young, which is what makes it palatable. Like he's very. respectful towards her even when she's directly under his power like there is a point where she is uh, living as his housekeeper and she has been forced into the position by his family because they figured out that she like he's not misophobic towards her for some reason and they are trying to use her to cure him it's super <laughs> manipulative and uh, just and she's going along with it because she's a doormat and the only reason i can get through watching this is because Yoon Kyung Sung is so respectful and sweet and also the second lead is so respectful and sweet. Like it, it's he's played by Song Ji-rim, I think. <laughs> yes, Song Ji-rim. Yeah, he's good in that. He's actually portrayed really like he, every time he he's sitting in a suit in like a cafe and sipping out like the camera frames him like my god, look at how amazing this guy is. It's just like the framing is all about how like I mean, that's a realistic <laughs> reaction to Song Jae-im. I mean, come on, Song Jae-im requires that reaction in every at every moment. And and he is probably probably one of the least toxic second leads ever. Like the moment Kim Yoo Jung is like, I like someone else, he's like, okay, fine, we'll forget about my confession. Let's just be Oppa Dong Sang, and he sticks to that. He never makes her feel uncomfortable. He is really acting as an older brother. So there is this really weird situation where he's a therapist. to uh Yoon Kyung Sung but he also is interested in uh Kim Jo it's like conflict of interest all over the place anyway but when he says he's going to help Yoon Kyung Sung he means it he he's not being opportunistic about it anyway so i really like both the guys here i i also really i forgot what Edo Hyun Edo Hyun is here and he's a taekwondo no kid way. Yeah, oh. and I am like every time he comes on screen, I hear that tune. You were a kid. <laughs> wow, nice. That is nice. Yeah. Okay, so that's I. You know, he got like best new actor at the Bexangs, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> deserved. <laughs> yes, well deserved. Before we move on, wow. I just wanted to correct myself quickly, which is um, on Yoon Kyung Sung. The reason that people really love him is because of Rebel Thief who stole the people, twenty seventeen. Oh, yes. He was amazing in that's that. That's right. Apparently. Another Effort, drama I, I have to go back that. to after being seven episodes in. Isn't doesn't that end sadly? <laughs> Probably it's a saga. 
Exactly. <laughs> the reason I will That's never watch Tree with Deep Roots. I mean, I know it's an amazing drama, but yeah. By the way, everybody, <laughs> totally worth you can watching. watch it on YouTube mm-hmm. now. It's like it's free on the on on their official YouTube channel of whichever Tree with Deep yes, Roots. You can watch it all. No way. In full That's on great. YouTube for nice. free. Fully subtitled. Now you have no excuse. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, My excuse was yeah. never access, man. You know. Oh yeah, that. of course. But like, I'm I'm talking to our listeners. <laughs> yeah. Yes. To, just of to course. go back to our language nerd discussion, if you are also a language nerd, uh, definitely watch Tree with Deep Roots because it's amazing. There's a good Song Junki in there too, as the young king. <laughs> yeah. Jang Hyuk. Shin So Young. It yeah, has an amazing great. cast, which is why every so often I look at the poster and I'm like, is this the time? Is my heart ready? <laughs> That's <laughs> romantic That's doctor, <laughs> teacher, Kim, actor. Uh, what's his name? Kim Suk Kyu? Uh, Han Suk Kyu. Han Suk Kyu. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's amazing as Kim Se Jung. Uh, what Parma does is what I do every time I think about Kakshital. Like, is this <laughs> your day, Kakshital? <laughs> I'm just, my heart is scared. But from one Kim yeah. to another, since we were talking about the triangle of Kims. Yes. Okay. So Kim So Hyun, I just, because see, Love Alarm season two came out and, and Taekyun just did. Sorry, is it Taekyun? Yeah. Am I pronouncing it right? Taekyun. Yeah. yeah. Taekyun just did Vincenzo. I was, uh, I just wanted to come back and, and, and rewatch uh, Bring It On Ghost. I liked it, but I didn't remember anything <laughs> of it. <laughs> So when I started watching, it was almost like I was watching it fresh. And it's nice. I I don't know why it kind of faded from my memory, but it's actually more fun watching it now that I've seen these actors perform in other dramas. Like I think one of the problems I had when I was watching Bring It On Ghost was A, um, Taekyung's acting was felt really, I don't know, dry, uh, I guess, in a way. I hadn't seen him performing anything before that and it didn't feel like he was emoting enough and he had this tall well-built physicality which this is gonna sound really bad but I wasn't used to in Korean dramas I I was having this unexpected reaction of not knowing who this creature is in how he fits in within the trope of a supernatural kind of youth drama-ish thing but then after watching Vincenzo, when I go back now, I can see this Taekyung in that one. And I, I can see emotions in his expressions that I couldn't see when I had first started watching. If I don't know if any of this makes any sense. No, I agree. I see what you, He has a Korean-American type of masculinity rather than a Korean type of masculinity. It's a little... This is you subtle know, everyone nuance. says I that. Think, like, uh, um, our mutual friend who watched uh, an, a different Taekyung drama, she always maintained that to her that he seemed really American and I just I still like I get what you're saying but I don't get what you mean like I don't know what that means well he's from Boston maybe you need to be an American maybe, to get it maybe. I don't know is he but, from Boston but, yes or am I get, yeah he yeah. grew up in Boston he's fluent like he's oh. proper American <laughs> but Borma gets it she's not American and that's why I'm kind of like what? what is it like I don't know I just I really want to understand it but I don't I don't it's, see it's not it. that he he feels un-Korean. It fe- it's just that his way of acting and expressing himself is not standard Korean hero. And yeah, it's like slightly flavored. Yeah, slightly flavored. Exactly. I'm not yeah. saying he was yeah. a bad actor. 
actor. I was just like, it's it, his way of expressing himself was understated, and I was not used to that in Korean dramas. Um, oh, is that what you so, mean? Uh, yeah. And oh. also the way, like just okay. the, the quirking of his mouth when he's smiling, when he's looking at Kim Sohyun and like he's got this gobsmacked face when he finally realizes that he's kind of has feelings for him. It just, everything is very subtle and you have to really watch his face for it. And I didn't know that I was supposed to be watching his face for these I expressions. I thought the, like, the Americanness yeah, meant the opposite. I don't know if I would say understated, but I don't know. It's just a different feeling. Watch Bring It On Ghost now and you'd see what I mean. He actually has figured out how to express himself more in Vincenzo. But go watch and bring it uh, on Ghost. And he's really dialed down. To the point where you're like, you have to watch him carefully to figure out that he is being expressive. I think actors do a lot of the heavy lifting for us, especially in romantic dramas, where they are so expressive that you don't have to focus on them so much. I'm not talking about actors like Seo Gok. Seo Gok could just stare at you and you would see like 90 different expressions on his face. That's different. I'm talking about... Or like Cho sung mm-hmm. Or like Cho sung But I'm talking about... Taekyung is not that... Uh, branch of actor I don't know not category of actor he has to walk to act but he his choice in bring it on ghost was to do it in a more subtle way so his smiles are subtle his when he's looking around and he is basically rolling his eyes in his head because something his son B said but he just you can't tell at first that that's what he's doing you it feels like he's just looking around it's uh, I don't know hmm. if I'm explaining maybe, it right. I haven't seen that drama, so I don't yeah, know. Maybe it's, I've never thought of him as a bad actor. And everything I've seen him in, I have thought that he was good. He's not a bad actor. And in like, the game in Towards Zero, I thought he was... The game Towards Zero, I thought he was really like subtle and emotive in that. And I know I'm in a very small minority. Perhaps there's nobody else who thinks that he's a genuinely I've always... sensitive actor. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen those two shows. Maybe it's a choice that he made particularly for those characters. I've always found him to be a very earnest actor. Maybe that's it. Um, And that came across as awkwardness. But like in some of his roles, those characters were also kind of awkward. Like his, like speaking of Kim Hee-sun in Wonderful Days, he plays one of the alternative, it's a family drama. So there's like many couples. There's like a bunch of siblings. And so he plays like one of the younger brother's that was the first role where I found him really good. Like, I loved him. He had, like, a romantic storyline with Lee L. Um, is it Lee L or Lee Elijah? I never know. Uh, uh, they two different people. But you mean Lee Elijah, right? Yeah. As I mean, the, the, the one, one in who Goblin? was in uh, that detective. In Goblin. From, from Goblin, Goblin oh, is yeah. E.L. Anyway. Elijah is someone I, else. That was the first time <laughs> where I found him, like, super convincing. And, bef- but, like... I've always seen him as being a, like a really earnest actor who plays these earnest characters really well. This is which drama? I didn't see him doing something outside Wonderful of that. Days. Wonderful Days. Oh, okay. It's so like that, a 50 episode family drama that, from that, a few years ago. That was, that was before Bring It On Ghost. Yeah. But yes. But it was after Who Are You? The ghost drama. The Yeah. yeah I watched Who Are You? I, that was the first yeah. drama I saw him in. I, I hadn't seen those. I first saw him in this one, in, in the 2016 Bring It On Ghost, and I didn't think he was a bad actor. I just found his, his because this is clearly a romantic drama, right? There are, like, I would have expected his flavor of acting in a thriller, in a detective story, where you're not expecting a lot of emotional heavy lifting on the face. But 
in Bring It On Ghost, I felt like he was plucked from like a, a thriller and like just mm-hmm. put in a romantic drama <laughs> and it wasn't translating very smoothly. Uh. But I don't feel that way anymore because having watched uh, the uh, like gigantic Vincenzo, when I say gigantic because of the scope and the length of the <laughs> It was gigantic. It was gigantic in every sense. Right? Um, I have seen so much of him at this point. I don't, I can, yeah, I can look at his face staring at me and I would probably be able to tell what he's thinking. I'm enjoying Bring It On Course. I, I, I think I've watched like 10 episodes um, of this again and I'm going to probably uh, finish off the next, uh, the, the next six in, in, in the next couple of days. I am enjoying him. And also, I should point out, I'm also enjoying Kim Soo Hyun. Kim Soo Hyun, I agree with Saya that I don't think she, I don't think she does romantic roles really well. Like she has this really sappy way of looking at the guy she's pining for. for that just, at least she stopped uh, quirking her eyebrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, so I haven't watched Love Alarm 2. Maybe she's improved there. Um, the, I mean, I watched a bit of it and then I kind of stopped. She's a dramatic actress, but not a romantic she is one. A, she is yeah. a dramatic. Like, just watch, uh, again, haven't finished that drama, <laughs> but just watch River. <laughs> just just watch her performance in River Where the Moon Rises mm. as, as the queen mother and mm. then her yeah, daughter. She's so good. And, the, the difference in the two, two you characters. You instantly know are- they're two characters. And also, when I first watched that, I actually wasn't sure if the, you know, if they were the same people. And it's like, of course <laughs> they're the same people. But like, are they though? Like, she really drew that distinction between the two characters so well. Even though they looked the same. Like, they literally did look exactly the same. Yeah, yeah exa- but she had lowered her voice for her mm. mother, and she had that. And her bearing had of- changed really subtly. Oh, completely, it was amazing. It, it was, yeah. it was, it was excellent. Anyway, all of that to say is that Oh My Ghost is actually one of the few romantic pairings where uh, it works because it's not about them like looking at each other all sopping <laughs> for most of the drama. It's basically about them being partners, and she's very active all the time like both physically active and also active as a character so she gets a lot of things to do even though the drama primarily focuses on um Ok Young's um character arc for the first like two-thirds of the drama because you don't know uh Kim Soo Hyun's like she's a ghost how did she die nobody knows she can't remember so you can't focus on her as a character with an arc but she gets to do heavy lifting as well. Anyway, so I'm really enjoying my rewatch of this drama and I wanted to mention it and I am done. <laughs> then I will give you one more tidbit before we move on from this. You may have come across this news already, but he's been cast with Kim Hyun, who is, you know, the lead from Extraordinary You for a saga next. So that's something to look forward to. Yes. Is that a saga? It's a saga. Oh, oh, interesting. <laughs> it's a comedy saga. He's oh, he's an yay. intelligent but a lazy secret saga agent. <laughs> is what I need right now in my life. We haven't had one of those in a while. And you know, yes. he's you now know that how capable of comedy that he is. So this should be fun. <laughs> and Kim Hyun yeah. is just I like her a lot. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That might also have been a part of the problem that he didn't get uh, characters to where he could do much comedy. Um, yeah, 
They just always want him to look pretty and solemn, right? Yeah. Pretty and <laughs> solemn always describes like that. him exactly. Right, exactly. And earnest and sincere mm. and like kind of one, one-dimensional, yeah. I guess. Which made his acting seem one-dimensional, but he's not one-dimensional. They've it's just those characters now. kind of. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm really glad. <laughs> that was a lot of dramas. I have a quick I have a quick riddle for you guys. Okay. Yay! I'm ready. Go. This one I think is is a good closer. I can be open or closed or big or small. I can reveal the truth or hide it. I am almost always welcome and can spring up unannounced. Everyone has one, but not everyone shares it. Laughter comes after me. What am I? A mouth? No. Everyone not has everyone has a mouth though. Hold on, I have to think about this more. Say it again. I can be open or closed, or big or small. I can reveal the truth or hide it. I'm almost always welcome and can spring up unannounced. Everyone has one, but not everyone shares. Laughter comes after me. What am I? Teeth? (laughs) (laughs) It's not silence, because that only fits half of the things. Um, This one is hard. I was giving you hints on the camera, but you ignored the hint. <laughs> a hand? No. No. Voice? No. I don't know. This one is hard. Give us your hint again. Face? Smile? Yeah. Oh, a smile. A smile. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, no, we failed. Yeah, I mean, open or closed. I don't think of smiles as yeah. open or closed, but I guess they are. But That's how do true. they reveal the truth? <laughs> so you can hide your feelings with a smile or you can reveal your feelings with a smile. Mm. I thought it worked. Mm, yeah, I mean. Are, are you going to litigate this joke? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You always get them. This is the one that you never got that you didn't get. Uh, I shall allow it. <laughs> so laughter followed. And now make sure to follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Dramas Overflow. Or you can find us individually, where I am at Not Now Sire. And I'm at Anisa Khalifa underscore. And I, Porma, am at Festo Fasta. <laughs> oh, it's Spartacus. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at dramasoverflowers underscore. And you can email us at dramasoverflowers at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook if you just uh, search Dramas Over Flowers. And our website is dramasoverflowers.net, where we write stuff. Come and read it. Dramas Over Flowers is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. That's it. That's it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Until next time. (laughs) I always wanted to say that. I realize I never have. (laughs)